Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, getting this one in nice and early for you, lovely lot. Uh, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts and RSS.com. Never tires saying those out loud all the time. But again, thank you so much for clicking on the podcast as well as if you've referred it, passed it along, shared it with any friends, family, whoever. It's just oh so appreciated. But here on episode 35, we're tackling the brand new Paranormal Activity film, which kind of went under everyone's radar. And that's probably a bit of a silly decision from Paramount Pictures to release this as part of the Paramount Plus streaming site, which here in the UK we don't get. Um, so really, it's kind of like every time I speak to people about this new Paranormal film, everyone's like, there's there's another one. Um, but yes, believe you me, there is a brand new one. Uh, the trailer dropped out of the blue, I think, start of October, released at the end of October, just in time for Halloween. So unfortunately, UK streamers uh you're gonna have to find a link online or something which i don't you know i wouldn't push for but hey how else are we gonna how else are we gonna possibly watch this anyways by the by prime activity is back the franchise obviously finished in 2015 with the very abysmal and utterly disappointing finale entitled the ghost dimension it's kind of sad just on a on a paranormal activity kind of just if we discuss that for a second the actual franchise it is kind of sad that it did dip very very quickly after the third one i mean for me i love the first three films i think they're a very clever you know compact story really really gets those thrills and scares in and and it just defined for me anyways growing up obviously it was you know a big deal when those paranormal films were coming out i mean it essentially you know the franchise killed off the saw franchise i mean i'm a an avid saw fan as i've spoke before about on the podcast but you know these paranormal films when they were dropping them year in year out around halloween saw couldn't compete against it everyone was so hooked i mean the hype around the first paranormal film was out of this world you know when that first was released and obviously understandably you know they got the sequels and it is just a massive shame that you know the story though being interesting and you know this kind of you know the these witches and the cult and um you know that 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 aspect of it you know that that was very intriguing and very interesting obviously the story just got bigger though and i feel like the bigger it got the the more silly it got you know the, the, that first film you know was just a couple with a camera filming you know kind of strange events you know that were going on paranormal events around their house and then next thing you know there's about six films following it um it's a shame sometimes that that can happen but i'm a sucker for a sequel and i'm very happy to see the franchise back in a weird way because i just i don't know how i felt when it was first announced i was like oh okay another one completely completely separate um to the original paranormal story uh, this is a completely new take new start if you will um, and I think it's, I think, I think it's fine, really. I, I was pleasantly surprised. We're going to talk about it here. We're going to do spoiler talk as well a little bit later because so much happens in the last twenty minutes of this film that you just have to sit there. I mean, I felt like I needed a bit of a lie down, if I'm being honest, because I'm not very good when it comes to scary films. Now that I'm a little bit older than I, I used to just relish in it, you know, just laugh it, lap it up kind of thing. Just like, oh, it's fine. Like it's just, you know, nothing's going to take me. Whereas now I'm like, I, I want to sleep tonight. Thanks, guys. Um, so we will do spoiler talk a little bit later. But one of the things that I want to touch upon in respect of this paranormal film, is that it's directed by William Eubank, who I I, I, I saw the name and I was like, I, I don't know where I, where I recognise that from. Like, I've definitely seen some of his work. And lo and behold, William Eubank not only was a cinematographer for the Angels and Airwaves film Love, which in its own right is a very good piece of work, um, that film and the albums that followed it, I mean, I could do an Angels and Airwaves podcast because I'm you know quite the fan. Um, so I didn't realise he did the cinematography for that, uh, which is great. But he also directed Underwater, which was so underappreciated for me as a, 
it as a film from 2020. It took a while for it to be released in the UK. I, again, had to stream it. It was around that time when films were kind of being pulled back from the cinema and delayed, da 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 But I did manage to check it out last year, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good kind of like love letter to those 80s sci-fi-y kind of films, a little bit like The Abyss and such, but... Just great. If you've not seen Underwater by uh, William Eubank, make sure you do add it to the list of films to check out. It's, so, it's again another film that slipped under people's radars. But here he is directing the brand new Paranormal Activity film, which essentially had Oren Pelly as well linked to again as producer. I don't know if he also wrote elements of it, but Christopher Landon, who wrote a number of the Paranormal films, was back for writing this one. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, it reminded me in a way, you know, before we do dive into this, uh, the actual review, I mean, I said dive into it, we're well into talking about it, um, but it did kind of remind me a little bit of like how Spiral was to the Saw franchise. I mean, Saw, you know, that again, went off its own thing. Spiral is a separate, you know, story altogether, albeit in the same universe. I don't know whether this paranormal film is meant to be in the same universe as a paranormal. I mean, it must be in some in some aspects because it does have paranormal activity in the name of the film. Uh, but it does kind of strike me as that kind of like, you know, side projecty uh, kind of film. But, you know, getting one of the writers on, such as Christopher Landon, yeah, I think it's a good shout. You've got someone who knows the franchise, who seems to, you know, know to, how to get those best scares and the, the, the best way of, you know, showing us the scares and how they're going to utilise the uh, the found footage aspect because found footage has been done a lot, hasn't it, over the years? I mean, Blair Witch changed the face of, you know, found footage, Blair, the Blair Witch project, and this film very, does feel very Blair Witchy for me. There's also there's the less is more aspect of it, but it's not afraid to show you some of the things that you're wanting to see as a as a fan, as an audience member. Um, I'll just give you the synopsis. The The film revolves around Margot, a young woman who was abandoned by her mother as a baby, and she's travelling to a secluded Amish community with a documentary film crew seeking answers about her mother and extended family. Um, and it just goes off from there. It's, it's mad, really, how this escalates, because you're already getting that kind of vibe of this is a little bit unsettling. You know, it's, they're, they're, it's like an Amish family, but they're not really... You know, they're doing a few things where you're like, well, that's a bit odd. Um, so you can kind of see where it's going. But in, in in terms of an actual film and how it was shot, this is the most polished and finished paranormal film you're ever going to see. You know, it's widescreen for starters, which may not sound like too big a deal for certain viewers, but, you know, it, it, it's completely shot and it looks so, so different. It's crisp, I think is the right word I'll go for. And it's another one of those things when I was watching it, I was like... This would have been great in the cinema, you know, like in terms of it, comparing it to the other films. I really do feel like they have missed the mark a little bit by releasing it on Paramount Plus because, like I said, not only in the UK do we not get this, but fans are going to, a lot of fans don't know this film has been released. You know, obviously, diehard, avid fans of the paranormal films will be like, I, you know, they will know about it and they will they'll have watched it and they'll have given their thoughts on it. And I've seen a number of people who did enjoy this film as like a separate approach and a, you know, a separate direction, sorry, from, from the original run. But I just feel a little bit like it's, it's just, they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit because so many people are not going to see this film purely on the basis that it was released on a streaming site and not at the actual cinemas. Um, I don't know how it's going to work when it's released on Blu-ray or whatever, if physical copies will end up helping getting people to see this, but Every person I've spoke to has not realised has been another paranormal film. And I think that if they'd have marketed it much better and, and put a few more trailers out there, obviously without giving too much away, because they did a really good job in terms of the marketing for this film, not really to say too much, just like a couple of teasers here and there, you know, the activities reborn, as they were saying. Um, it's a shame because I do feel like this is... I don't know, rein, reinvented the franchise. It's given it some hope, if you will, like a new fire's been lit for me anyways, because 
I'm a sucker for these kind of found footage films. I think they, they really do... Well, they've got some great scares in there. So the first three paranormal films, really, really, you know, excellent. Big fan of The Last Exorcism as well, which this film kind of reminds me a little bit of as well, which was written and directed by Eli Roth, I do believe. Um, so there's like a blend of The Last Exorcism and also like The Blair Witch Project and, and probably The Blair Witch sequel that came out not too long ago. There's definite elements of there, but... Like I say, as as a story, I do think it's the most interesting one that they've done. Uh, it's in a very long time. I say we're meeting this, but you know, meet this girl Margot. You know, she she's taken her friends and and you know, only a couple of friends to go meet this Samish family and and to go over, you know, and learn a bit more about her her upbringing, her background. Obviously, it escalates. It goes. This it really does go down a path of like holy smokes. Like I said, those last twenty minutes of this film, unbelievable. Which I'm going to talk about a little bit later um, when we get to the to the. Sp- spoiler talk of it uh, but what I also liked about this film is because obviously it was set and, and shot during the COVID times that they do you know during when COVID was first really really hitting um, you know they do mention obviously about like COVID and such and, and obviously it was filmed at the start of this year so you know we were still you know on, on the kind of coming out of the the lockdowns and such and and you know, seeing that, you know, that realism almost, that, that real life impact that COVID has had, obviously, in making films and such, it's, it's nice to have that touch in it, albeit I know that COVID's a bit of a miserable topic, obviously, with what everything that's that's come with that, but to bring that into the film as well was another dimension, another layer I felt, you know, when they were travelling, obviously, on the airports and such like that, but, you know, it, it just, it felt like this film was well, they'd had enough time, enough break has happened between the last film and this f- film within the franchise that, you can tell that they had a better story, really, because I felt like towards the end of the, the original runs of the paranormal films, it was just kind of like throwing them out for the sake of it and just trying to find a different way to bring Toby the demon to the to the camera. What's he up to this time around? What's Katie up to? And there's none of that in this. There's no need for it. This is just a great standalone story that has got some real scares in there, like some 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 moments in this film. I'm not gonna lie. I jumped the most I've jumped in a film in, in since I remember. I know, obviously, I watched Last Night in Soho recently. A couple of moments in there which were a bit like, whoa, but none compared to this. There was one scare in this in particular which I did not see coming, even though you'd think I'd, I'd know what to expect when they're, like, running around with, like, the camera side of it or whatever, or, like, you know, because it's all handheld. But And that's the thing as well with the paranormal films. They've always looked at a way to make another ingenious idea of how to create those scares or what else you know how to utilize the cameras like for example they were using i don't know security cameras that you know for the second one or like the fact that he taped or put up a camera in the third one against a, a rotating fan whereas in this you know technology has progressed so far now and, and the, the stuff that we can do and we've got drones and such and it, it does create a, a more compelling and eerie story especially when you throw into the the area that they're in as well, you know, it's snowing constantly. It does make you feel cold when you're watching this film. And it's another, again, kind of like fear element of it because it's so cold and snowy where they are. You just couldn't think of anything worse. You throw in a demon as well and you're like, oh, this is a recipe for a bloody nightmare. So, But I, I will say that I felt like the cast were all great. Uh, Emily Bra- Emily Bader, who played Margot, really, really great. Um, very believable. And, and this character, you know, searching for answers, searching for, you know, any, any blood relative and, starts off thinking that everything's going great it's you know she's part of this Amish community learning more about what happened to her mum and why she was you know obviously given up and such but it turns into such a sinister twist and turns in this film that by the end of it like you are really just kind of well definitely rooting for the leads but at the same time you're just thinking where is this going to go next and 
credit to William Eubank because as a director, like I said, when it, when I watched Underwater, I loved what he did with that. I won't spoil that because there's there's again some twists in that which are very very clever. He said he got a great cast with it, um, and again I, I felt like it was really really excellent, and and I'm very impressed with this one as well. Like I'm not saying it's gonna blow you out, blow you away, and it's completely you know one of the best films of the year kind of thing, but. He's taken a franchise which, much like the Saw films, were getting a little bit stale, getting a little bit repetitive. I think Paranormal went on a much worse downhill spike than uh, than, than Saw did. Uh, and he's just brought it back to life again. Like He's given it new life. I will say that. I think that he's really, really done a, a tremendous job as a director with this film. And I'm looking forward. I know that they've already announced Paranormal 8, which is going to be called The Other Side, I think it's called. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Like Not not like saying, oh, I cannot wait. I'm losing sleep because I'm so excited. Um, I'm just, just I'm kind of looking forward to it now after on the back of this. I'm wondering if they're going to continue this story with the way this ends. It could do. Um, but at the same time, this is one of those films where I think if you just left it as it is, like we've seen so many sequels to films like this that have completely ruined it. I mean, again, I mentioned The Last Exorcism earlier. Perfect film, found footage film, really, really kind of like, whoa, there's some, again, moments in that which really, really unsettled me. Uh, and then they did a sequel to it, and it, you know, they got rid of the found footage aspect of it, did a sequel that was complete garbage, uh, and it ruined the story in a way. It's almost like I can't, you know, I watched the first one, and you know when they do a sequel that's so bad that you're like, I can't even watch the first one doing what they did with it in the end kind of thing. Um, I just, I, I, this could be one of those films where if they tried to carry this on and, you know, elaborate a little bit more with the story, it could ruin Next of Kin if they do it incorrectly. But at the moment for what this is, I think this is a decent film. And just before I get into spoiler talk, I'm just going to give the rating. I'm, I'm going to give it a six. I think that any any higher than that, I might be feeling a little bit too over generous. But I, I think that it's, it's absolutely fine. It's not the worst film I've watched at all. It really does kind of... Uh, yeah, rein, reinvent the series a little bit. And it's given, like I said, the, the paranormal franchise a bit more life. But jumping into spoiler talk, because that's what we do now on the podcast. Again, thank you so much if you've seen the film and sticking with us, or if you're just a curious listener who's not too fussed about checking it out, but would like to know a bit more details of the film, then here you are with me, listen to, uh, again, some spoiler talk. Um, so essentially, the, the film, I say, it does revolve around Margot, this abandoned child who, you know, is left by her mum, related to the Amish family, as I've mentioned over the last 15 minutes or so. But when she gets there, obviously, things aren't all that they seem. Like, it's very, like, you know, they're, they're, they're very secretive, the, the, um, the Amish community. Um, they stumble across this church eventually after you know going a few few weird things going off around this uh, this community, such as mentioning that Margot's mum is still there, Sarah's still there somewhere. So there's some great scares when she goes up to her original bedroom and visits her mum's bedroom and going around. And there's you know letters about them all being a cult, this that, and the other. Which again, cults are just a terrifying aspect for me. I genuinely find cults terrifying <laughs> in the real world. Zombies, demons, whatever. I mean, I'm a little bit like you know. They're all make-believe, but cults, they are out there and they're very terrifying. So, you know, there's some real scares, you know, in, in, in this room. It's very intense. And this film doesn't do... It's so different in a way to the other paranormal films because it's not like night one, night two, night three, and then we get to see the scares build up. This just lets the story do its thing. We're not stuck on the nights. It's, it's done by days, really, this way. We just get March 12th or whatever, whatever day it is, and we see what happens on those days. Um, but, yeah, no, there's some, there's some really clever work with the camera. So when someone might put the camera down, and then they're moving about and then you see someone in the background like walking close you're thinking oh my god what is going on but yeah it's not like that they're fixed to making sure the scares happen at set points that's why I think the last 20 minutes are so like impactful it does leave you sat there like holy smokes um so after a few like very dodgy exchanges and 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 you know weirdness going on around they they even see 
there's something going off with the townspeople. They're leaving. They're leaving the the, the community to go into the middle of the woods in the middle. Sorry, in, in the woods in the middle of the night. You know, very sheepishly about that, saying, "Oh, they're going on a bear hunt and stuff like that. We're going to catch a big one." Um, but no, it, it all transpires. There's a church, obviously, in the middle of this field, um, which the our main you know protagonists break through, get in there, see all these like kind of like paintings on the floor of like a community just killing each other. There's a there's a demonic figure uh, with the name Asmodeus underneath it. Uh, a few of the bits and bobs, like a tunnel that leads down into nowhere, which of course our protagonists have to try and go down and see what's going on. And you're like, why God, why? Um, so yeah, it all transpires that essentially this community believe in this myth that the Norwegian village of Biscaita, I could be pronouncing that incredibly wrong, suffered a massacre and it was thought to be the work of Asmodeus, which is the prince of demons. And the only way to solve or stop this demon is to trap the demon inside the body of a female. And then that, that demon would then pass from mother to daughter in the bloodline. And lo and behold, obviously what they did is they trapped it into Margot's mum, Sarah, her body. And now that Margot's returned, or rather lured to come back, they need to transfer the said demon from her mum's body to Margot's body. And it's pretty terrifying because, my God, this demon, this 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 obviously entity that's corrupted and, and changed and almost made Margot's mum, Sarah, become, you know, visibly this demon, it's bloody terrifying. Like, it is absolutely terrifying. This is where that kind of, like, the sequel to The Blair Witch Project, Blair Witch, that came out a few years ago, that, that was where that comes in for me because we actually got to see a little bit of The Blair Witch in that sequel. And this is like... They wanted to show, like, it's like they don't have to necessarily show us the demon. I don't care about, you know, the magical cameras that we can see ghosts and ghouls and such, but by bringing the entity into, like, an actual physical form, it does really, really kind of <laughs> leave you absolutely terrified. And so the last 20 minutes of this film on the back of that, there's some great use of the work with slow-mo as well in the camera. Like I said, with technology progressing so much recently and such and what we can do with the camera work that Paranormal Activity Next of Kin really utilises that, like I mentioned with the drones, but also, you know, with the slow-mo aspect because we get to see so many moments where they're running and it's cut into slow motion or whatever and, like, the demon's chasing them and, again, we get to see some great scenery with that aspect. Granted, it is pretty terrifying, but the use of slow-mo as well with the camera work was really, really clever. Um, but all in all, said towards the end of the film, Asmodeus essentially, like, you know, the, the, the plan doesn't work and if it should... Should they not transfer the demon to Margot's body, then the whole town will collapse, and that is what happens. You know, these demon, this, the, the the town, they do get away, but the town is like an absolute flames, and people are killing each other. Uh, there's a great little nod almost to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre ending where the main character gets away and lets out this like blood-curdling scream at the end of the film. If you've seen that at Texas Chainsaw, you'll, you'll be familiar with it. But there's a great one as well with Margot doing this. It's a great homage. And what I did like was this little touch of like her hair's all messy, but she's got two little sticky up bits that look like devil's horns as she's screaming. It was quite like a powerful last image you see of Margot. Uh, until we cut to the like this police force who turn up at the farm at the end, absolute disarray, blood everywhere, fire everywhere, just to find that one of the male characters who seems to be like the most normal one of the bunch has now been possessed by Asmodeus and he's on the run now. Like he, you know, takes off, takes takes off with the police car after killing the making the policemen kill themselves and he's just roaming free. And it's that kind of like open ending where what's he gonna do next? Where's he gonna go? Is he gonna go after Margot and such? Or, you know, is he just gonna keep body hopping from person to person? It really does leave it open. But is it an ending that I think should generate a sequel? Because I only see bad things coming from a sequel. Not in the sense of the story being like horrific and the end of the world kind of thing, which they could go down, but I just mean as in 
it could be really poor. Like the sequel, if they were to think, right, we'll carry on with this Asmodeus character. He's got a new body. He's going to be going after Margot and that. Is there is there real much point? Just leave it as it is. Leave that uncertainty. Leave us guessing as audience because I don't think it needs a sequel. But there is another paranormal film coming out. Whether they kind of step aside again and do another kind of side story, I'm not sure. I just think if they are going to do a direct sequel to this, it has to be something very, very different uh, because I like this as a whole. I thought, as I, said, I know I've only given it six, six and a half out of ten, but there's only so much you can do. And this, the film isn't, like I say, it's not an amazing piece of work, but I just think that as paranormal films go, this is this is definitely one of the better ones. Definitely one of the better ones. Um, so I did enjoy it. If you've seen it, let me know. I say it might have slipped under your radar because it's just not been very well promoted or anything like that market-wise. And whether that's on purpose, I'm not sure. But I, 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 I would say I'm referring this to people to check out because it does have some great moments in there. And the story is half. Yeah, the story is 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 pretty pretty all right. So that's my thoughts on Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Another surprise for this year as well. Looking forward to checking out Ghostbusters at the end of the week. It's finally come round for that bad boy to be released. And <laughs> maybe that's who they should have called, in fairness, to sort this out. Uh, as Medeus wouldn't stand a chance, would he? But thank you ever so much again for checking out this podcast episode on Joe Blogs About Films. Check out the Facebook page. Just search Joe Blogs About Films. And would you believe you'll find the page there to give a like and a follow. Until next time, though, do take care. <laughs>